I think making Catholic movies for Catholics with Catholic actors and Catholic directors so that Catholics will like the movies is a dumb idea. <laughs> what really excites me is making Catholic films for atheists. Let me explain. In 1977, a cultural phenomenon happened that opened my mind to movie-making magic and literally redefined cinema. Dun, 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 dun. You want me to stop singing, don't you? <laughs> Star Wars. Up until that point, I had only seen Disney animations on the silver screen. So this was my first real person movie. I had no idea what I was about to see, but I waited with tremendous anticipation, and I was not disappointed when the opening scroll began. This and several other experiences planted seeds of desire and God's call in my life that were not truly nurtured for another couple decades. My true passion as a boy was baseball, and I developed into a pretty good player. By my senior year in high school, I was a top-ranked catcher in the state of Illinois, received invitations to come play at countless colleges and universities, and already tried out with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the New York Mets, and the Cincinnati Reds. But as is often the case, God had other plans for me. I grew up in a practicing Catholic family who truly honored the faith and the role it played in our family life. Sunday Mass, grace before meals, rosaries during Advent and Lent were all non-negotiable practices. I even participated in my parish youth ministry program, which I actually enjoyed. When confirmation rolled around, like most of us, I had to attend a retreat which I was not all that excited about because it meant I would have to miss three weekend baseball games. But I went. Father Mike Schmitz once said, if you do this one thing, you will become a saint. If you don't, you never will. The one thing is this. Let Jesus interrupt your life. At one point during the retreat, I went to reconciliation. And during my time of prayer and penance, I was staring at a cross on the wall, and I heard God speak three things to me. He said, I love you. I did this for you. The third thing he said frightened me. He said, I want your life. Whoa, wait a minute. What does that mean? Do you want me to be a priest? Not good since I was dating the really hot cheerleader. <laughs> And my future was pretty much set. I was going to be a Major League Baseball player. But I felt a peace, calm, and blessed assurance that although I didn't specifically know what I want your life meant, I would find out. So I strapped on the belt and I said, okay, Lord, let's do this. It was the best decision I ever made. The second best was marrying that cheerleader. <laughs> Jesus did for me what Jesus always does. He flipped my world upside down and saved my life. He saved me from me and planted a burning desire in my heart to help others be saved by him and set apart for him. Let Jesus interrupt your life. The Lord's words in Matthew 28, 19-20 resonated in me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, 
and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But the call to action that really excited me were these words in Pope St. John Paul II's final apostolic letter. Everything possible must be done so the gospel might permeate society, stimulating people to listen to and embrace its message. After a couple years of college baseball, I said goodbye to my career. I got a master's degree in counseling. I worked as a campus minister at a Catholic high school in Rockford, Illinois, and went on to be the coordinator of evangelization events for a national youth ministry program. It was the late 90s, and we started making short films, lots of them. I became passionate about sharing the gospel in creative and innovative ways. Everything possible was my call to action. Seeing such a tremendous void and need for video resources for Catholic teens inspired us in 2005 to launch Outside the Box, now ODB Films. Our mission, to foster an encounter with Christ through artfully made, spiritually rich films. For the next decade, we produced more than 250 short films, which led us, as only God can do, to producing our first feature film, Full of Grace. I mean, who does this, right? Just a normal life path from baseball to youth ministry to feature filmmaking. Let Jesus interrupt your life. Everything possible must be done. It was on the set of Full of Grace that I realized there was a mission field right in front of me and that our call to evangelize was not just limited to what we put on the screen. People first, then product. One of the first guys I met on set was our first assistant director, the first AD, Dave. Dave is on the left. Our director, Andrew, is on the right. Set life is very hierarchical. It involves a collision and a collaboration of the creative and the technical. The first AD runs the show. He is in charge. He is the one who calls action and manages every aspect of every scene. He is the drill sergeant. Well, in the front end of our 10-day shoot, I got to know Dave, and I really liked him. He shared that he grew up in the L.A. industry, was from a Jewish background, and never stepped foot in a synagogue or church in his life. On our final day of filming, I went up to Dave, and I asked him if I could interview him for a behind-the-scenes video. He kind of looked at me cross-eyed like, I'm the first AD, like, why the heck would you want to do that? But I think he was also honored that I asked and he agreed. So with excitement, I grabbed my camera, and I asked Dave to begin by telling the viewer what the first AD does. He shares a few things, pauses, looks at me off camera, and he says, hey, Eric, should I refer to this as a Catholic thing or a Christian thing or what? Now, to give you some context behind his question, people from all walks of life came together to make this film happen. Catholics, evangelicals, Muslims, Jews, nuns, you name it, were brought together to make a film about the Blessed Mother. It was amazing. So I said to Dave, I think whether you are Christian or Jewish or Muslim or a non-believer, there's something in this film for everybody. So you can call it whatever you want. He said, okay. He looked into the camera and he said, this is the first time in my life I have ever been part of a Catholic film. And he started to cry. 
I could tell that he didn't expect to experience this emotional reaction. So I waited. And he went on to say three things. The script was beautiful. We became like a family producing it. That statement really swelled my heart because that was exactly the atmosphere we wanted to create, which is far from the norm in a typical Hollywood environment. It's a job, and you are a replaceable commodity if you don't do it right. But the third thing he said blew me away. It made faith accessible for me. He finished the interview. We fist-bumped. He went on his way. I stood there for a moment in awe of what had just happened. I was overwhelmed by the incredible love that God has for his people. It dawned on me that God cares so infinitely for each and every one of us, and if he wanted to, he could have used this entire film project just to have a moment to grab Dave's heart. That's how valuable we are to him. I was also reminded that my life might just be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. Whoa. The Lord in that moment gave me a whole new vision for filmmaking. Dave said three things that taught me about evangelization. So I want to leave you with three things that you can do wherever you work, wherever you live. This is what I learned from making movies. We have to lead with beauty, love like family, listen and invite, invite, invite. Fedor Dostoevsky said, beauty will save the world. We should always lead with beauty. Let beauty be a testament to God. The experience of true beauty in so many different forms swells the human heart, opening it to the eternal artist. Let beauty flow from your life. Live life as an expression of your heart, as an expression of his heart. The second thing I learned is to love like family, to walk intimately with the people around you, to accompany them in their highs and lows, to listen and don't just wait your turn to speak. Be someone who people want to be around because they feel better about themselves when they are with you. Every human interaction is an opportunity for us to be a conduit for the incredible love of Jesus Christ. No matter where you are or what you do, we are the plan and there is no backup. He actually called us to be him for one another. Be welcoming, accepting, inviting. Show that life lived in relationship with others is better than life lived alone and in isolation. Finally, listen and invite, invite, invite. A constant mantra for me is that life is about people, people, people. People over product. It's about loving people with a love that transcends all other human sentiments and feelings. It's about living life in a way that testifies to true joy, which soars high above any happy moment. So many people are living with all sorts of deep and devastating pain. I can't begin to understand the complexity of the wonderfully made person sitting in front of me, but I trust that their creator knows and loves them intimately and is continually presenting that person with an opportunity to be invited into true living. 
Be a person who champions others by your hospitality and invitation. Enter into the lives of those around you. In 2018, we had the privilege of partnering with Sony Pictures to produce Paul, Apostle of Christ. This $6 million film opened in the U.S. and countries all over the world and has generated more than $32 million in revenue. We filmed in Malta, and on our, during our last week of shooting, one of our top-billed cast members came up to some members of our production team, took a drag off his cigarette, and said in his French accent, you know, this is the first time in my life that I didn't think Christians were full of shit. <laughs> and he turned and walked away. <laughs> and we're like, thank you? <laughs> he was clearly moved by something real he experienced during his time on and off the set. There wasn't a moment we could pinpoint and say that we said or did something that would lead him to make that declaration. We just led with beauty, love like family, and walked pretty intimately with him during our time together. We made ourselves available for whatever might happen whenever it needed to happen, and the Holy Spirit did the work. My favorite review of our Paul film came from, of all places, The Village Voice, which is a media source that is not known to be all that friendly to things pertaining to the faith. The title of the article? It's a miracle. This atheist critic kind of likes Paul, Apostle of Christ. <laughs> I'm grateful that Paul was successful in the box office and continues to be so in home entertainment. But I want to let you in on a little secret. ODB Films is first and foremost a company with a heart to evangelize and share the beauty, goodness, and truth of the gospel with the world. We just happen to use films as a means to that end. I like making Catholic films for atheists. I'm not interested in preaching to the choir. JP2 did not invite me to do that. It really comes down to our putting the beauty of the gospel out in front of people for them to experience and respond. It's not just about our small inner circles. It's about what we can do for the world, what Christ has invited us to do. We are his hands. We are his tools. We are his plan. There is no backup, and we have no choice but to make the choice to lead with beauty, to love like family, and to walk intimately with the people whom the Lord puts in our life. May God bless you with peace, joy, and deep conviction. Thank you.